Welcome to Around Kansas. I'm Deb Goodrich. And I'm Michelle Martin. Great to have you with us. And it's Wildlife Wednesday. Woohoo! So today we're going to talk about the bison or the buffalo in the vernacular. And uh, again, want to give a shout out to our wildlife sponsor, Mittens Travel Plaza, the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center. And Speaking of the mighty buffalo, if you go into Mittens, there's this wonderful taxidermied buffalo that looks like he's just charging right through the wall. The kids love it. It's just a, it's a pretty cool piece, pretty cool piece. And also in Oakley, tell them about the big buffalo they can find in Oakley, Michelle. Oh my, there is none other than the man, the myth, the legend himself, Buffalo Bill Cody on horseback actually hunting bison. Uh, you can find the amazing uh, bronze statue. Uh, Deb and I have stopped there many a time before Deb lived in Oakley. If we were traveling uh, to Colorado or other parts of Kansas, we always stopped off in Oakley so Deb could visit Bill Cody. And oh, we could worship at the feet of Buffalo Bill. Yeah, that's right. It is one of the most massive installations, and it is nothing short of breathtaking. Yeah, Lewis Evans uh, thought about that, and then uh, Charlie Norton did the sculpture, and I think Charlie and, and Lewis were sitting in a restaurant one day, and Charlie started sketching, and the, the Norton family is just unbelievably talented, uh, Charlie and his kids, and uh, his wife, they're just all um, incredibly talented artists. And so um, my, my two-year-old grandson can't say Buffalo. So every time we drive by, there's Buffalo Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they love it. You know, the kids love it because it is monumental. It, yeah. and, there's, and there's Bill forever hunting Buffalo, you know, just a, uh, uh, there for eternity, hunting, hunting buffalo, of course, to uh, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill, the railroad pays is Buffalo Bill. <laughs> so we, uh, you know, at Fort Wallace for a fundraiser um, this past year, we um, raffled a buffalo hunt up at Ken Clem's uh, ranch, um, the, the Buffalo Boys, up north of, um, north of Goodland, actually. So pretty far northwestern Kansas and we had the rifle and the hunt and the whole thing and it was a pretty exciting raffle and we had a young man um, from is he from Scott City Mr. Haim um, and he was he was thrilled and of course uh, a nod out to those guys who who ranch and uh, manage the buffalo herds because they are helping to preserve the bison forevermore and you know, managing the herds includes, you know, the hunts help uh, uh, thin the herds, and you know, call the the bulls especially. And um, it's it's good management practice. And of course, the the meat is very very good. You know, Deb, in 2004, when I was still living in Kansas and I was teaching at Fort Scott Community College. I had an opportunity, um, a good friend of mine, uh, John Reed had purchased, uh, he and a friend had purchased a buffalo hunt. And so they uh, went up to Hoxie, Kansas. 
and I went with them and it was early December. So there was snow on the ground in Northwest Kansas. And, uh, and I'm not the tallest person in the world. I'm about five foot two on a good day. And we went out uh, in uh, the Buffalo pasture and went hunting and we did not do it with modern equipment. It was, it was old school. It was black powder. It was Hawken. It was a Hawken 50 cal. And the most difficult part was actually following the herd, kind of tracking the herd and then figuring out which one you were going to go ahead and, and uh, go for and to take out of the herd. And it was a very long process, but it was really interesting because I gained a complete new appreciation for what anyone in the 19th century had to do to hunt, whether it be for commercial purposes or to feed a family. It was a long and involved process. It is, it is time consuming, it is labor intensive and uh, actually uh, watch them shoot uh, the buffalo and it was amazing uh, we then took it loaded it in a truck and went north um, across the Nebraska line to a little town that had a, a meat locker and the gentleman there specifically was good at processing buffalo mm -hmm. and uh, it was nothing short of amazing and when that meat was done and processed and packed um, I had some, I had some back straps and I had some ground and it is absolutely delicious. And you can see why native people, one had such respect for the Buffalo, but two, how the Buffalo was one of the preferred food sources for the nutritional value and the energy value the body gets from it. So, uh, native, native people in the West had the right idea when they move from place to place to go ahead and follow the herds, uh, to yeah. go ahead and sustain themselves. Right. And, and following the herds was, uh, as one of my friends reminds me, a, a migratory pattern, not, um, not a, uh, what's the other word, you know, that means wandering. Nomadic. Yes. Nomadic. Yeah. Rather than nomadic, it's migratory, it you know, and it makes sense. You know, you're following the herd for sustenance and that, it totally makes sense. So, um, you know, thankful to these guys and, you know, Duff's Buffalo Ranch is just south of us here in Oakley. And we love driving by on, on the highway when the buffalo were out close. One day I was driving and, uh, you know, there's so many, you know, Michelle, there's so many photo ops and so many that yeah. you can catch because, uh, you know, you're on a road. You can't just stop in the middle of the highway sometimes. But there was, I guess, is it a tower cloud? It's not exactly a wall cloud. It was like a tower cloud behind this herd of buffalo. And it, um, then you had the sun going down and you had all these things going on at the same time. And I'm like, man, millions of people have lived and died on this planet and never witnessed anything that spectacular. It was just incredible. So I am um, so thankful for these guys. And you know, Fort Hay State has, uh, has Buffalo there and we're always driving by, um, you know, especially with the kids, we stop and, and visit there and let them, they have a white Buffalo in the herd there. And we always stop with the kids so that they can 
so that they can see them. And the photograph behind me is by our good friend, Ken Stafford, who is an amazing photographer. And this is the, at the Maxwell Wildlife Refuge. And so Ken, um, I think leads some tours up there and uh, he is also a wonderful photographer. And so they have um, photographic expeditions, you know, where the photographers ride out and get, get pictures of the elk and, and the bison and um, whatever happens to show up that day. So it's a pretty cool deal. You know, Deb, I, growing up in Michigan, I had never obviously seen bison up close and personal until I moved to Kansas. I'd seen plenty of photographs, seen them in movies. However, uh, when I moved to Kansas, I lived in Pittsburgh and just north of Pittsburgh, um, off of Highway 69 heading north, there's a little spot you can pull over and there is a small little section of restored prairie and in it, it was a small bison herd. And that was the first time I had ever seen them. I was on my way to, I was on my way to Fort Scott to go tour the National Park Service site for the first time. And I saw this little spot to pull over and I said, wow, what is, what are those great big beasts over there? And I pulled over to take a look and I walked up to the fence and they were, they were bison. And I remember getting out my cell phone and calling my mom and my dad and said, you will never guess what I'm standing in front of. And my mother said, what? And I said, several buffalo. I said, several buffalo. And she said, I hope there's a fence between you and them. And I said, yes, there's a very large fence, mom. And she said, please don't climb that fence to get a closer look. You are, you are curious. Let them be wild in their space. And you watch politely from yours, which is a really good policy when we're dealing good with idea. So. Let's take a break we'll, real quick. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center right here in my hometown of Oakley, Kansas. We're the front door of Western Kansas located on three main highways, I-70, US-83, and US-40. And all those roads lead to history, beautiful scenery and adventure, no matter which direction you go. We now have an IHOP. That brand that you've trusted up and down the road in all your travels is staffed with local folks, real people, just like you and me, and we're waiting on you to join us. So for fun, adventure, fuel up, fuel your body, and let's have some fun. Looks like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum, you're gonna find some really interesting stuff like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings. And we've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray pump organ collection. We're a little bit place with a great big story and we'd love to have you. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we were just talking about the first time that Michelle saw buffalo. The first time I saw buffalo was back home in Patrick County, Virginia, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. 
because we had a fantastic zoo up at Meta Sedan at the time, the Circle M Zoo, and they had buffalo. And we had a reminder that buffalo used to roam. Of course, the, the buffalo east of the Mississippi and west of the Mississippi were a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So the buffalo uh, reminder in our county was Buffalo Mountain. And Buffalo Mountain looks like the hump of a buffalo. And buffalo used to range there a long, long time ago. So I, I had seen buffalo, not in the numbers, of course, before I moved to Kansas. And there are actually ranchers um, back home on the North Carolina, Virginia line that were managing herds um, before I moved to Kansas. So yeah, I had seen some before I moved to Kansas, but uh, certainly not the numbers I've seen here. And I have to say when Chef Walter Steib um, from A Taste of History, the host of A Taste of History on PBS, he came out to uh, Kansas and visited the Mahaffey Stagecoach House and he visited Council Grove. And Shirley McClintock there at the Trails Cafe set up um, a tour for the chef to visit a local buffalo herd there. And he was like a little kid. He had, he had cooked buffalo, um, but he had never seen them, like you said, up close and personal. And he was just like a little kid. I, th I think that was the most exciting part of his trip was being able to get up close and, and see, the, see the bison herd. So yeah, it's, it's a magnificent thing. They're just magnificent creatures. And of course, our friend, um, Alan Shirell, uh, raised buffalo there for a while. He had a handful of buffalo and he would sit out there and read poetry to them, which they really appreciated. And um, yeah, he had that, I'll never forget this, Michelle. He had that one, um, I think it was just a horse trailer. So I don't know what he was thinking, but um, he was hauling um, this buffalo bull uh, to market and there is an indentation in the top of that trailer, like um, the size of a couple of bushel baskets. So, you know, it's a, I think that may be the time that he got pulled over for, I don't know if he, I don't think he was speeding with that thing. So I don't know what it was, probably weaving as that thing was going back and forth. But um, he, he pointed, you know, told the officer to look what he had in back. And he's like, just go, you know, just leave, you know, and he um, let him be on his way. I've never heard anyone be able to say they got themselves out of a traffic violation or a speeding ticket by hauling a buffalo. Yeah, yeah, only our friend Alan Shirell. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because when I, after I had my first encounter with bison, uh, when I actually got to Fort Scott that day and was touring the buildings, um, I, of course, made a stop in the visitor center and gift shop, and I picked up this lovely little volume called uh, Letters from the Crack Post of the Frontier, and it is letters written by Thomas and Charlotte Swords, and of course, Thomas Swords was Captain Thomas Swords, who was the architect of the post, and Charlotte was his beautiful little wife uh, from New York, and it was amazing. Charlotte actually wrote to another one of their officer friends that she kept a bow and arrow at the ready in the hallway outside their formal parlor and dining room 
because she said if she ever saw one of those creatures, one of those bison come lumbering across the parade ground at the fort, she was going to grab it. She was going to go out the door, down the steps, and she was going to fell it with her own arrow. And that was one of the things she wanted to do the most. And sadly, you know, I don't believe she ever got to that opportunity, even though she did ride and she did, you know, ride and accompany her husband hunting. And, um, but we don't know if she ever got to see them. But boy, she had her bow and arrow and she was at the ready because she was going to get one. Probably best that she didn't because the odds of killing one for a novice with a bow and arrow, uh, those odds are pretty slim. So she might not have done anything but tick him off. So probably yeah. a good thing that they didn't come meandering around. But yeah, that's some kind of spunk. But it, it also, in reading her experience, reminds me of when um, George and Libby Custer were at yeah. Fort Hayes. Yeah. And, you know, Annie, Annie Gibson is there with them and they actually outfit ambulances, military ambulances are outfitted to take the ladies as the men go out on a hunt and they're actually hunting bison. And so the ladies get to experience the thrill um, of the hunt and they get to see the bison. And so I think it's um, interesting how uh, these animals, their size, their strength, it, it's very captivating to people in the 19th century. Um, and I, I think we're still captivated with them today. Um, M Miguel Otero, as a little boy, you know, he's going to go on to become the governor of the New Mexico Territory, was at Fort Hayes and went buffalo hunting. He and his brother accompanied Wild Bill and Buffalo Bill on buffalo hunts. And he liked Wild Bill, he didn't like Buffalo Bill, which is a little unusual. That's a, it's a little backwards actually from what most people said, but they said that uh, Wild Bill was really nice and patient with them and Buffalo Bill was too interested in hunting to pay any attention to them. And it wouldn't, um, like he said, Wild Bill would let them take shots and, you know, not get in their way and, and Bill Cody didn't do that. <laughs> so it's it's another but yeah those memories you know so many of those diarists uh write about those memories of, of encounters with the with the buffalo well i think when you see an animal that's so massive like the buffalo um our first i mean obviously we're drawn to them we're curious but then if you get a little closer you know that self-preservation instinct kicks in <laughs> yeah. but there's still that blend of curiosity um, there's this otherworldliness about them, I think. Um, and when you read newspaper accounts in the 19th century of buffalo hunts, um, they are just these almost otherworldly kinds of events that take place. There's almost a mystical quality to them uh, that I think is really fascinating to look at. Um, but what I think is also um, interesting as well is the, the um, native perspective on hunting and hunting bison, hunting the buffalo, and how when that animal is hunted, it is thanked for its life. It's thanked for the sacrifice it's just made uh, because it's going to nourish and sustain men, women, and children. Its robe will keep them warm in the winter. Uh, you know, its hide can be used to make a teepee. 
Um, every part of the animal can be harvested and used for something. Mm -hmm. And so I really, I like to call um, the bison nature's, nature's Walmart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it because yeah, the sinew for thread, I mean, just, just everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a, a, just an incredible relationship that, that the natives had with the, with the bison on the plains. Oh. Well, folks, it's been great sharing Wildlife Wednesday with you. We'll be back next Wednesday, but in the meantime, look for us on Fun Time Friday. So we will see you then. I'm Deb Goodrich. I'm Michelle Martin. And we will see you somewhere around Kansas. Kansas. Looks like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum, you're going to find some really interesting stuff like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings. We've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray Pump Organ Collection. We're a little bee place with a great big story and we'd love to have you. 21. A trade route was opened from Missouri in the United States across prairies and mountains to Mexico. In 2021, we will mark 200 years of epic conflicts and grand adventures, larger-than-life personalities and sweeping landscapes. Join us on an historic journey. The Santa Fe Trail lives on. Find us on social media or santafetrail.org.